you know what I love about this sound is actually you. Everyone in it has got these massive souls. We're looking people. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. As ever, I'm Kev, your host, and I'm joined by the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe for the Fulham Away Preview podcast. James, how are you doing, mate? Yep, really good, mate. Um, I'm glad that the international break is coming to a thankful end because it ain't for me. Says the man with the Roger Miller uh, Cameroon (laughs) shirt on. um... I've worn my uh, Cameroon shirt because I don't have a... DR Congo shirt or a Burkina Faso shirt or anything like that. But it's the closest I could get. And this is the closest I really want to get to the internationals because I don't like them other than shirts from the era of 1984 to 1990. Best shirt era ever. And uh, that was it. I wore, my De- <laughs> I wore my Denmark one for the last podcast and people thought I was wearing a Southampton one. Now they think you're a goalkeeper. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know... Uh, there we go. Uh, before we get started, um, those of you who have noticed that Tony's not with us, uh, you might have seen on his Facebook page that he's been suffering from a little bit of ill health uh, recently. Tony, um, both myself and James, I uh, hope you get better soon. Can't wait to have you back on the podcast because, to be quite honest, we need someone to take the piss out of and uh, <laughs> no one when you're not here. No, seriously, though, from both of us, mate, get well soon and we look forward to having you back. Okay then, James, uh, that's us being nice out of the way. Um, Fulham away. Um, well, usually I ask you uh, what you're looking forward to, and I'm guessing, hopefully, downside better than the last time I went to Craven Cottage would be nice. Blimey, yeah. Um, yeah, getting waxed 7-0 by uh, the rampant championship champions at the time is not my idea of fun. Luckily, um, and I say this, we're touching any sort of wooden surface possible. <laughs> They haven't got Alexandra Mitrovic uh, in the team anymore who scored at least one customary goal against Luton every time I saw him. So he's gone off to chase the money, money, money. And now they've got Raul Jimenez um, who hasn't scored for about a million years. And I hope that's a million years in one day by the time Luton play him. Yeah, indeed so. Um, yeah, obviously that wasn't a great uh, experience at Craven College, uh, albeit... I'll tell anyone that I talked to that we sacked that off at half time. I'm absolutely convinced of it. The I think it was Reading game that followed it was much more important in terms of qualifying for the playoffs than a game against the champions uh, of that time. But if you go back to the game before then, which was our first season in the championship, we ran them quite close. We only lost 3-2. I remember Dan Potts scoring that night. Once again, you're right, Mitrovic scored. But that was a much more competitive game and I suspect that's something, that's more like the kind of game of football we're going to see Saturday as opposed to the absolute blowout that we saw, well, on that fateful bank holiday Monday. I really hope so uh, because we need things to be going in a nice upward trajectory and uh, we you know, lost the first three obviously and so don't really want to lose the the fourth. Found a nice statistic actually, Luton have only lost the first four matches of a league season twice uh one was way before we were around but tony would have seen it it was in the black and white days and the other one was 20 2002 three season that was it so that's the kind of 
uh, football we've been accustomed to, isn't it? Not losing. So it's one of these where you'd probably think it's in the bracket or group of teams where points need to be taken. And, and they are actually in that bracket. I think a lot of people said West Ham were, but, you know, West Ham European champions started the season well. You know, they're probably not, but we just kind of hoped that they were really. Whereas Fulham haven't started the season great. Probably a little overrated on some of the results that they have got, like their win against um, Everton. You look at the XGs, which I know that a lot of people within football look at, not so much fans, but Everton absolutely battered them. Just could not put the ball in the net and then Fulham come along and, oh, there you go, we'll stick it in the net and that's that. Uh, Arsenal as well absolutely battered them, but didn't put them to the um, sword either. So uh, that kind of bodes well. Uh, another thing that sort of bodes well, uh, reading some statistics, Fulham have only won two of their last eight Premier League home games without keeping a clean sheet in any of those, conceding 16 goals. And there's no improvement in their defence. They haven't signed any defenders on deadline day or, or in the transfer window or anything like that. So that's an area where hopefully we can exploit, particularly in light of the fact that we signed Sambi Lakonga on deadline day, who, according to Rob, and we'll play some of his press conference uh, for you later in the episode, might well make his debut on Saturday. Yeah, I'm really hopeful he does. Um, by all accounts, he's had a lot of... Um, uh, he's got up to speed with Arsenal. Um, he's also got Premier League experience. We spoke about that in the last episode, probably about a season's worth of Premier League experience at Arsenal and Crystal Palace. Played a bit of European football as well for Arsenal, so that's not a bad thing. And yeah, really looking forward to that because um, of this uh, potential formation change that we did speak about in the last one, but I think that this could be the the start of it and where we see uh, how that possibly works. I mean, I asked Rob about it at the, at the press conference and um, he gave us a few words about it. We'll hear about those soon, but I think it's a, I think that's a good shout that you recognised in the last one uh, where most teams are going for free, free. And uh, we could see not necessarily that, but something close to that. Yeah, I, I, I really think, I mean, I said it in the last podcast that we did when we reviewed, uh, sorry, when we did our monthly um, sort of recap of the first month of the season that, I very much see us transitioning into a four-three-three. If if you put the pegs on a Sabutio table, funnily enough, like this, you know, obviously you're going to have two deeper midfielders to one. And I guess when you see it play out, it look more like a four-two-three-one because the two wide attackers will ask, be asked to do some defensive responsibilities as well. But in essence, you know, to simplify, it would be a four-three-three with. You know, you're looking at, particularly after the way he played for Ireland in the international break, you're looking at Chio or Benny on one side of, I presume, Carlton Morris. And the way he started the season, you're probably looking at Jacob Brown on the other, albeit we did say that maybe Ryan Giles could play in front of um, Alfie Doughty down that left-hand side. But either way, I, th- I think we'll I think we'll be a better side for two reasons. I think we'll be a better side because two defenders, more than enough to occupy Raul Jimenez in this game. Uh, Jimenez we hope well we do hope <laughs> let's hope he doesn't have one of those games we do yeah of course we hope that and and obviously what happened to him when he was at Wolves and that head injury was absolutely terrible and traumatic and everything but there is no getting away from the fact that even though he scored for Mexico in midweek he's not been the same player since that head injury he's barely scored a goal for Wolves they've sold him to Fulham who are if we think that Fulham are within our range Wolves certainly will do so if they're going to sell them sell their 
sort of supposed star striker to a direct rival. They they obviously can't think too much of him. So I think two defenders on him will be enough. Don't need three. I think it will... The two the two midfielders, as we said, one of them will fill in when we have the ball to make it to effectively make it a three anyway. I, I just think it's much better suited to the way just with the football's going. I mean if you watched England against Scotland, England played the four three three. Scotland also they kind of tried to play a four three three. But the way England played it, there was no way that Scotland could get through. And and I think that's how we're gonna sort of try and transition it. You know, obviously we haven't got a Jude Bellingham, but Ross Barkley can be that kind of impactful player. And obviously he's had two more weeks of training, which is important. Laconga's had two weeks of training with the squad. And um, I'm I'm kind of hopeful about this game. I really am. Well, I I think we all have to be because, um, yeah, it's been going in little improvements. And, you know, Fulham obviously won the first game of the season, but they haven't since. And they got tonked by Man City, um, it's no disrespect to Fulham. Everyone probably will do, and maybe we'll we'll get yeah, a taste we'll, of we'll, that somewhere down the we'll line. We'll hold fire on the criticism um, of that one until um, um, December. Yeah, but um, you know it hasn't gone as well as they'd hoped as well. I think, and um, the, you know, we've already mentioned Jimenez, but he hasn't scored for such a long time in in the Premier League. The one thing we've got to do is not give him anything, not give him any gifts to try and get him up and running because you don't want to be that side that, you know, reinvigorates the form of uh, players that are sort of not hitting hitting their hitting their top form and not as good as they used to be. So there's that as well. Um, by all accounts, there's talk that Iwobi might get his debut as well. Um, but then again, he's been playing at Everton, hasn't he? So Yeah, again, but, another one who's selling to a rival. Yeah. So does make you wonder, doesn't it, about this Fulham side that they've, in, on one on one hand, they're taking players from, well, they probably don't see them as rivals, do they? Because they probably think they're above that because they finished so high last season. But the odds would tell you differently. But then it obviously says that those selling pl- clubs, obviously either don't rate them or they don't see Fulham as part of their sort of rivals. But yeah, I, I'm very much in in the sort of camp that Fulham are one of these sides that maybe they might be top of the pile of the sort of teams in, in our league, but they're definitely in amongst that league. I'd, I'd certainly say Fulham are more of it than West Ham anyway. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we all were very excited about West Ham because it was the first home game, but they have gone up levels uh, in the last season and a half, really. Um, so, you know, and while Luton played, reasonably well against West Ham we talked about that and just the fact that the mistakes got ruthlessly punished you know this is the start of a run of fixtures for Luton where we've got to be looking at taking points from particularly now that Burnley game's been put in since we were last Mm. on the podcast really interesting that it's gone in that run because now like you say we've now got Fulham away Wolves at home Everton away Burnley at home that's four you know the, the four games against teams that I don't think any of those are going to be any higher than 13th this season, if they're even going to be that high. So, you know, in essence, our season hasn't really started. It's, it's, it started, it stopped, it started, it stopped, and now it stopped. And, but now it really does start, and it's really big from Saturday onwards. And um, I'm just, I'm really excited because we've improved with each game. And I think this formation switch, which I, Rob didn't confirm it, he's keeping his cards close to his chest, but... 
he said enough to suggest that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to improve us more because I think he'll give us more balance to the side. It will fill the spaces where teams are attacking us. That's the that's the thing because we're only getting killed in the same ways. It's not like we're getting opened up left, right, and center all over. It's the same goal has been scored against us far too often. But what it'll also do is it'll give Morris a bit more support, and it will bring you know a bit more space for Barkley. He can just push forward because he picked up the ball on the edge of the box against West Ham so many times. Don't want you there, Ross. <laughs> yeah. You're great, mate. But I want you at the other end. Even if you wear six, you don't have to play in the bloody six position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go forward. And yeah, I'm really excited about what his side can do on Saturday now. Yeah, I am. Um, it, it will be really interesting to see if that formation we think is going to happen happens. I really hope it does. I think they've got the personnel to do it now. Um, and I think that unlocks, like you say, the more creative midfield players that will probably play in, you know, in Chong and, and Barkley. Uh, and that's got to be an exciting prospect because that's really what you want to see them doing. Um, uh, on, the, uh, on the same hand, I don't want to be discounting Fulham. I think they are, they've, they've still got a lot of those players that were in that championship winning side and they were fantastic. In, in uh, You know, admittedly they had Mitrovic who, you know, was a f- flat track bully against everybody. <laughs> he scored against everybody. He set records for fun, didn't he? But, um, they did have a lot of good players as well, particularly uh, down the wings as well. And some of his sort of supporting strikers are still there, like Deckard over Reed uh, and things like that. So it's still a dangerous side, but maybe things aren't quite clicking for him at the minute. Yeah, hopefully with Deckard over Reed, Amari just trodden his foot as he got off the um, plane. <laughs> at half past 10 this morning, they got off the plane. I don't, know if, record, Rob, yeah. I don't <laughs> know if Rob mentioned that um, enough in his press conference, but he got off the plane at half past 10 this morning, um, Thursday, as we record, uh, like James says. Let's um, let's focus on Fulham. We'll come back to Luton in a minute. So um, obviously Mitrovic has gone. The thing I find most interesting about Fulham is they, they had a really good season last season, which again, Rob touched on when he spoke about Marco Silva in his press conference. But the two standout players for them were the goalkeeper, Bernd Leno, whose numbers were way above anything that you'll ever see in this league compared to the shots that he sh- and goals that he should have conceded. He, he just had an absolute world of a season. And actually, to be fair, started this season off in a similar vein, as I alluded to, against Everton. And Jao Paulinho was the other one, who I'm pretty sure was their player of the season, even with Mitrovic there. And was all set to go to Bayern Munich on deadline day, but it was like a Peter Roden wingy situation, I think. <laughs> I think he pitched up, ready to knock on the door, but no one, no one was home and he had to come back again and has since signed a new contract. But he's a defensive midfielder. He's their marvellous Nakamba, if you like. Mm. So it's interesting that for a side that had Mitrovic, Willian, Dekordova Reed, Harry Wilson, that the two players that everyone raved about last season were the goalkeeper and a defensive midfielder. So maybe from that point of view... That's that's why Luton fans can get excited about this one because it's not a not a, like a West Ham side who've got an Antonio. It's not like a Brighton side who've got a, a Matoma or a Ferguson through the middle, and it's certainly not a Chelsea side who've got God knows how many millions <laughs> and millions of pounds. Maybe this is a side who are reliant on defensive players a little bit too much, and some someday that's going to come a cropper. Yeah, well, I hope it's Saturday, really. Um... Yeah, I mean, they, they do have good players and they had a lot of pace in that championship side. Um, and I think, you know, they stayed up, as did all the promotion, promoted teams last season, which is something to look at and emulate. It's not going to be the same thing. And 
Rob did talk about that in his press conference as well. It's which I, I kind of like because he, he, everything is it will do it the Luton way, which is good. Uh, you know, I think people react well to that. Um, but um, you know, it's it, it despite the fact that they stayed up, it is the levels, isn't it? Really, what we saw in the championship was a very good, fluent side, very pacey. But then you go to the Premier League and they're not the big fish anymore. Um, so they've lost, yeah, their, their main focal point. Uh, who was never really that great in the Premier League anyway. He was championship. He was too good for, not quite good enough for, for, for the Premier League. But um, I mean, he started last season well, didn't he? But then there was that Man United incident in the cup, and Fulham have just been a bit of a basket case since then. Really, you know, when Mitrovic. Um, yeah, assaulted assaulted the referees a little bit too strong, but you know, obviously got into trouble for that. And Silver on the same day, and everything else. They're a club who, to me, and, I, and I'm not a Fulham fan. I don't really watch too much of them, to be fair. But obviously, I've watched a little bit before this podcast. They're a club to me that when it starts going wrong, they can take an, a good hammer in. But when you let them get on the front foot, they can give you a seven nil bash in. And um, obviously, our test is to not let them get on the front foot, to get in front. And let's be honest, Fulham fans, I mean, the ones that stay till the end, and there aren't many of them, are going to be going to Craven Cottage on Saturday expecting three points against Luton. Fulham are heavily odds on to win the game. So if Luton can get in front, or even stay level with them 30, 35 minutes or whatever the current term is to get the crowd to turn, maybe then we'll get some get some joy. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, they are favourites. I saw today as well when I was just I was looking on online for... Um, Stuff about Fulham, I did come across that Raul Jimenez was odds on to be the first goal scorer as well at any time. I don't know if that's still the same by the time this podcast come out, but I'm not sure what games people have been watching to come up with those odds. Although, not a betting man myself, maybe that's a good a good bet to put something on there. Um, yeah, I think it it is a good time to come up against Fulham. They obviously will be favourites, Uh because they have been in the league a, a season more, they're more established, they've been in the Premier League a few times, but because they're home. And, you know, as we've seen with certain people, certain pundits, <laughs> giving Luton absolutely no chance, that is just the way it's going to, we're just going to have to um, take it. I don't, I think you should more, more ignore it, but that's what we're going to have to put up with people saying that. But I, I, I think that, you know, with the two weeks that they've had to work on this new formation, which will mostly be the players that they had at their disposal over these two weeks, the international players that went off um, will either play in a position that's familiar to them or they won't be in that starting squad. So I think that, it, you know, you'd like to think that this um, two-week break is going to be of real benefit to them. Yeah, I think, I mean, let's talk about Luton then. Let, I mean, we've kind of alluded to the change in formation, but the starting eleven, really of the internationals, the ones that are guaranteed to start, the ones that have been away, the ones that are guaranteed to start would only be what Ogbené, or he's not even, he's not guaranteed to start, but if we assume that the formation's going to change, he would likely start. And Amari Bell. The others, Pelly hasn't started the last two. Caboro uh, has been on the bench for both of the home games. And obviously Tom Lockyer ended up not going away. Uh, and Rob has um, confirmed that he's fit for this game. So the internationals aren't necessarily going to impact us too much. I think Rob said Amari's okay to play, but he's going to manage him 
between now and certainly the next international break, which says to me he's not going anywhere near Exeter in a couple of weeks' time. I wish I could say the same thing, but <laughs> that's not the case. Um, so we're, if we're going with a back four, are we looking at something along the lines of maybe Bell, Lockyer, Burke, Doughty? That would be what I would assume. Um, yeah. As a four, I mean, yeah. obviously you've got Giles, who, but I suspect he if he if he plays, and we don't know, but I suspect if Giles does play, he'll play one of the further forward because you don't really want a left back down at the byline pinging crosses in because otherwise you ain't solved the problem at all, have you? No, I mean I've got a feeling he won't be in the starting lineup if they're going to go for that, um, and if Doughty plays as well, you know he's it'll be he'll be more used to that role I think and you know we we did focus on Giles as one of the player focuses in our last podcast and it's not that he's done anything particularly wrong it just hasn't sort of clicked so far you know in in my view so maybe he doesn't start in that in that side at, at Craven Foot uh, Craven Cottage he's more of a player who'd probably you'd want him at home wouldn't you maybe certainly against Wolves I mean we played them in a friendly didn't we yeah. He set yeah, up yeah. the goal for Elijah that should have been, rather than at Craven Cottage where, let, let's be honest, I think Fulham are going to have 65% of the ball, something like that. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's hiding any tactical sort of um, secrets or anything, is it? You'd kind of not want, you, you'd you'd rather Amari, particularly if it's Deckard over Reed on that side, because you've just been marking him in training for the last fortnight. That's a good shout, actually, yeah. Yeah, Um yeah, and he's played every bloody minute of every game so far and he was pretty much like that last season as well. So it doesn't matter if he is on a plane to Haiti or wherever it was, Honduras or playing wherever in in, um, in the CONCACAF Nations League. See, did a bit of research. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's an ever-present. And, you, know, he, you know, he started off as in, in that left-back position. Um, I, I personally thought he had his fantastic season last season when he got moved inside and played on the left side of the three at the back but the times they are changing aren't they yeah they are yeah absolutely let's move into midfield then the term double pivot double pivot has never been used as much in the last two weeks <laughs> uh, as it has been um so we're expecting marvelous and laconga to be those two so then you've got a choice for the other midfielder are you barkley or are you team chong it's a tough one. Um, I mean, do you want someone who's going to come over and clap you, or is he not really bothered? Oh, no, we're not, go- <laughs> not going for that again. Are we? No, come on, we're no. not. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> Actually, just on an aside to that, Rob confirmed that Ross Barkley is as hum- a humble guy, settled into the camp, and he's absolutely happy with him. So all of these people who are saying he's Billy Big Bollocks, etc., etc., because they've not come over and clapped them, it's not the view of your manager, and we'll prove that when we play his comments in a few minutes. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, Although he did get, did you see that thing? Got something from Harry Kane because he set a goal of his up in amongst his, he's got some sort of record which looks like it's been snapped in half actually and I don't think it should have been snapped in half. Oh, I saw that today yeah. but I didn't, I was too busy, I didn't really pay any mind. What was it? So Harry Kane has sent out like, well I don't suppose Harry Kane's done it, I'm sure the FA have done it on behalf of Harry Kane but everyone who's assisted one of Harry Kane's record-breaking goals for England has got this like gold record and like memento of what, you know, photo of the assist or, or anyway, this record's got an absolute split down the middle of it. Mm. So it's obviously been 
damaged in transition. But I don't know if all the penalties that Kane scored, that he sent them to the opposition defenders who've pulled people down or whatever. But anyway, he's got this thing at the training ground and fair play to him because, you know, I quite like Ross Barkley. And um, if I've set Harry Kane's goal up, I'd want some recognition for it as well, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, it seems a bit of a tenuous photo opportunity. No, I don't suppose he sort of demanded it, though, to be fair. If no. something arrives, you can't say no. You know, take bit, it back with you, mate. He a bit sheepish. He did. <laughs> he, can't, like, he can't say, no, sorry, mate, don't want yeah, to take it back. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah what is this? Um, yeah, back to the original question. Yeah, are you Team Chong or <laughs> Team Barkley? Um, you know, at the moment... They've got... Or Team Pelly. But well, I think, well, I think we can, Pelly, yeah. But I think we <laughs> yeah. can say he's the lesser of the three likely to play that. Yeah, yeah. What would we call it? Number 10 position? Number 10 role? I mean, everything's numbered these days, isn't it? Six, eight and 10 in midfield. Mm. The, you know, I think... I think we're talking Chong or Barkley, aren't we? Maybe Woodrow, yeah. but again, probably he's a bench operator. Uh, probably at this stage, yeah. I think um, from what we've seen so far, uh, Edwards favours Chong and Barkley. If you're going to pick the two of them, you know, they've both shown flashes of things. Um, they've both shown things they can improve, but that's, I mean, thing that, that's something all over the squad, really, isn't it? So, um, in terms of experience, you'd go with Barkley, I would imagine, um, because you know Chong as as good a potential he is. Um, you know, not not played anywhere near the amount of games as Barkley has. Uh, not many people in the Luton squad have. Um, well, no one has. Um, so yeah, it'd probably be Barkley. That's that's not my answer to am I team Barkley or team Chong? That's just no, no, I no. That's think, just on this uh, for this game on yeah. this basis. I think that that's what it will be. Well, then you've got a front three, which I think we can all pretty much assume Morris is the middleman. I mean, Morris would have to be injured not to be the middleman. No disrespect to Elijah, but just look at last season: twenty goals versus ten. Morris is now on penalties, so that kind of tells you that in all walks of life, he's the main man. So you've got two kind of wide roles to fill. I think we all kind of think when we were discussing it in the last podcast that it's the role that's suited for Ogbeni. It's the role that just played for Ireland as well. So it's a role that he knows. Played against us for Rotherham in that wide uh, wide right role. So And there isn't really anyone else in the squad that you'd like that you're thinking, well, yeah, he's an absolute certainty to play there. Whereas on the other side, you could play Chong if you're not playing him in that 10 role. You could play Jacob Brown. You could play Giles if you wanted a sort of Paul Underwood, Sol Davis down the left-hand side type combination. Where would you lean if if, if those are the three sort of um, options? I'd be really excited to see Chair play, uh, get his start. Um, like I say, I don't really pay too much attention to the internationals, but didn't he get player of the match for Ireland against France? Or was that Yeah, I mean, previous? it's not really saying much, but yeah, he did. He did no, 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 yeah. I, I take that back. He, yeah. he was very, very good against France. The rest of the players weren't very good, but he was, he, even if they were, he would still have been the standout player. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think he's shown enough positivity when he's come on as a sub to get a chance. And in that formation, when it's a three, I, I think that that would really work for him. So I'd go with Chia on the left side of Morris. Yes, left side of Morris. Uh, and Brown for me. Yeah. Because the same reason. Because when he's come on, he's shown so much intent. His goal against Gilligan was fantastically well taken. Um, you know, I think he's probably earned, earned his chance. Yeah, I've got to be honest. When I saw Brown at Brighton, actually, uh, when he came on, I thought, 
because when he played at Stoke, I'd noticed him because obviously he played against Stoke uh, a lot of times in the championship. But he never really struck me as a, a goal-scoring attacker. He kind of he was one of those kind of link-up players, really. That whenever I saw him, but when he came on against Brighton, he got into some really good areas. Obviously, his cross for the penalty, and uh, he had the um, volley that was tipped over late on. Nearly scored against Chelsea as well, like you say. Did score against um, Gillingham. He, he, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do from the start, actually. And it's no disrespect to anyone that he might replace. But I do think, yeah, I, I, I do like that front three. I think there's goals in that front three. I think there's assists in that front three. But also, more important, or as importantly for an away game, then get up and down that wing, can't they? So if their fullback, their opposing fullback starts bombing on, we're not going two for two for one down the back. We can we can cover with them and still get forward with a bit of pace ourselves, which obviously you have to do in this league. I mean, the pace thing is key because uh, what, we, what we saw against West Ham is, um, and we did mention it, that Luton a bit too often went long and then that's why Kurt Zuma had so much joy in that game because uh, that played into his hands. And I think they've got to play it a bit more. That's what that central uh, defensive double pivot whatever we want to call it will help do it will set those um three off a bit more but also i think that like you say the 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 key will be in the defensive work because lots of the goals so far have come down the flanks i think luton have been a bit too exposed on there which is probably why i say that warren giles one of the reasons why i don't think he'll play from the start in this game because you know a couple of those are probably where he needs to improve yeah, I would agree with that. And Rob actually gave the game away with Lukonga, didn't he? He said he can play deep, but I love him being further forward as well. So there's your number eight already, isn't it? He's going to get the ball off the defence and he's going to drive forward with it. Yeah, he's going to commit men, and then he's then hopefully the two wide men are on for uh, for him to play a pass. He's actually a very good footballer, Lukonga. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a Luton shirt. I really looked. I really liked the signing and everything I've seen and heard of him since. Is exciting me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the transitional uh, part of it that I think has been a bit lacking. Uh, and that's why, you know, bringing him is quite a shrewd move uh, to do that. It's really exciting signing, actually, because he, yeah, he could do both things. Um, you know, and if maybe Luton somehow get on the upper hand, on the front foot, maybe plays a bit more further, Marvellous will just sit and be marvellous, wouldn't he? So that, that's fine. But. Well, that's what I like about it because it can, I mean, we just said if we line it, you know, we'd line it up on the piece of paper, it's going to look like a, a 4-3-3, which could look like a 4-2-3-1, but actually it could very quickly become a 4-1-4-1, couldn't it? It's, there's so many, and, and Rob alluded to it, there's so many sort of unique tactical in-game switches that he can utilise by just starting in this way that he can't with a, back five because he's got three centre-halves who for all the will in the world two of them can just lump it forward to the striker and uh, hope it sticks up there for a breather for a couple of minutes you know it's it, it that's where the excitement's coming for me they, they there's a lot of untapped potential in this 11 now mm-hmm. that game by game and I don't expect us to hit suddenly be perfect on Friday on Saturday sorry it's you know we'll we'll continue to evolve in this formation but there's a lot of untapped potential that I'm looking forward to seeing come out yeah, that's what it is, is potential. But it's um, options as well, uh, depth. We've got players to come off the bench That's well. the thing. That, I, I, think I mean, if Barkley key. starts, if your team Barkley, you've got Chong to come off the bench when he's knackered after 65 minutes and 
Hello, happy days. Or you've got Woodrow, who I think is going to grow into this season. I said in the last podcast, yeah. don't write him off. There's no. a role for him to play this season. Well, he's got the technical ability to yeah. be in this league, to, yeah. for sure. And he's got a point to prove on Saturday. Everyone likes to do it. As as Elijah, obviously released by Fulham as a youngster. Um sent down to Walsall so he's also got a point to prove there's a there's a bench with a bit of motivation on Saturday and that's, all, that's never a bad thing yeah and if Elijah has to make way um, that's a hell of an impact player when he comes on because he'll, he'll bully uh, players and he'll be motivated to get back in the team for the Wolves game wouldn't he no one likes yeah. being dropped especially in the Premier League you work your bollocks off to get to the Premier League you want to be in it well yeah exactly um, yeah. and you know he'll be, he will be desperate to play against um Fulham, his side, his, his former side. They but. might wonder what the hell he's doing up front because he was centre half when he was at Fulham, as he alluded to <laughs> on the podcast a couple of seasons ago. They're like, what, what's happened to you? Where are you, you know? Yeah, 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 you're right there. Um, yeah, they might be. I mean, they'll, they'll probably. Obviously, see. they've done their homework. I'm only jesting, mm, but. They'll probably see him on the bench, is my view. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I think. You know, Rob's alluded to an awful lot of what we've spoken about, but let's hear from the manager. Here's four or five minutes or so of. Um, the press uh, asking him questions at the press conference earlier on. I just, it, it, we can do that. So I think it gives us, you know, um, a little bit more flexibility. You know, whether that's in-game changes, um, whether it's tweaks to the shape, we can we can do that. Um, I do like him as a, like I said, I do like him being able to play as an eight and progress and play, you know, play higher up as well. But he gives us the option to be able to do a bit of both. Or, and I hope, hopefully we're not, but if we're missing Marv as well, he's someone that can play in there on his own if needed. So I think it was important to be able to get someone like that who had flexibility within the midfield to play in all of those positions. Uh, and because he's an intelligent footballer who's very good technically he can do that um, but if there's a certain game where we think that we might need to to change it up a little bit and whether that's in game it gives us the chance to be able to do that maybe a little bit more so than one or two or other midfielders who would like to be you know probably thinking forward first So you more options then to maybe lead the attack more Potentially, like I said, he can give you a bit more control because I think he, you know he's a real, he's a technical footballer who, who wants to get on the ball. He'll be brave. Um, and he can do that from again. He can do that from higher up. He can do it from deeper. But you'd like to think, yeah, he can give us a little bit of that link um, and a little bit of control. And though he's young, combined with appearances every Arsenal and Palace, probably made a season's worth of Premier League football. Yeah, much better. Yeah, he's got good experiences throughout his career so far, whether it's abroad or, or here in the Premier League. So um, another one that we've managed to bring in that, have, again, experienced this level. So it's not a shock to him. He knows the standards and knows what the league's about. And I think that was important as well. It wasn't the deal and end all in our recruitment, but I think it was important for us to uh, to get someone who, um, who knows where he's coming into. And um, Saturday will be no different. Fulham are a very good footballing team had a really difficult run of fixtures recently for them but they're a very good team we're aware of their strengths Marco Silva's the top manager um, so it's going to be difficult what we've got to make sure we do is learn from all elements of the three games that we've had so far it's only been three games but I think we've, we've improved in each of the three of them 
We've got to make sure we don't give any gifts away. We've got to make sure that we're very, very compact and resilient when we need to be. We need to defend the box, the box very well, uh, but be more ruthless in those transitional moments or when we do get those opportunities to um, to have attempts on goal. You know, we we had more shots, more attempts than than West Ham in the last game. Maybe more better chances as well, but still came off on the losing side. So we've got to make sure that both ends of the pitch. We're, uh, we're more ruthless. To, you know, to win games of football, you've got to be able to defend well um, and take opportunities when they come. Clearly, conceding nine goals in three games is too many. So we've got to make sure that we become more uh, defensively solid, not give too many big chances away. And we did that well in, May, in the main against West Ham at home. Uh, there was definite improvements there, but still, you know, the two goals we conceded were too easy, which is not like us because we were very, very good at that last year. So that's certainly an element that we need to improve on. I distance ourselves from anyone, you know, Brentford or Brighton or any teams that have come up and done well, we're different. You know, we're Luton Town, but it, it gives you confidence and belief to see that teams can come up and, and stay up and then do very, very well. Um, but again, we're coming from a different place. You know, we've progressed from, from down here very, very quickly to this position now. It's happened very fast. So, you know, we're very grateful and, and, and happy that we're in this position now. Um, but the jump is huge. It is. So it's difficult to compare ourselves to anyone else. But what it does do is show us that, look, you know, you can compete. Other teams have done it. So it's good to be able to lean on that, you know, that, those experiences of other teams. But, but, you know, we're different. OK, that's uh, Rob's views. Um, due to broadcasting um, circumstances, we have had to superimpose the audio over some different images. Um, we're not part of the Premier League um, broadcasting crew and we James might have the money to do it but we, as, a, as a trust we haven't got the money to fork out for uh, no. <laughs> uh, for access to that so uh, we're audio only with that so apologies for just the audio and different um, but you, you old school um, audio podcast to you've got nothing to yeah nothing you've got to nothing to worry about as far as you're concerned everything is uh, as normal absolutely and let's finish off this podcast then James as we always do with um, score prediction uh, you can go first. Ooh. Yeah, I went quite high scoring last time, didn't I? So I'm going to go for a cheeky 1-0 to Luton. Blimey, that formation change has had impact, hasn't it? <laughs> eh? gone, from, gone from conceding four to three to two, we're skipping one, going straight to the clean sheet. Oh yeah, no, I did say 1-1 one, one last time, didn't I? But, you know... That was, I think that was before the transfer window shut and this and what we've discussed about the formation. So, yeah, you stick two defensive midfielders in front of Tom Locke here. I think uh, I think they ain't scoring. Fair enough. Uh, I, I think there's goals in this game. Can't see how there's not goals in this game. Uh, hopefully there's more. Obviously, hopefully there's more goals in the Fulham net than there is our net. Um, They've conceded every every game at home this season yeah for the last eight as well isn't it and like, uh, going into last season you know well, um they do concede goals i mean they've got tim ream at the back if he's if he's cleared his suspension i'm not sure if he has or not actually i should have looked that up um and alongside him Issa diop who was at west ham but they decided wasn't good enough and uh, offloaded to fulham uh so yeah I, I think there's goals really excited with that front three and barkley and behind them if indeed that is the way that we go i'll go with uh, a nice win Three one, three one, Luton. Actually, um, yeah, I think there's goals. There's always goals in this fixture. Uh, even even the home games, they drew three three down here, didn't they? Um, 
that first season in the championship. So this it's a fixture with goals. 3-1 Luton. Let's get off the mark in style. Let us know what your score predictions are in the comments, uh, either on YouTube or where you're picking up this podcast. Uh, we'll give you a shout out in our Fulham review podcast if you get it right. Don't be a twat though. We or, can see when it's... Or if you get it badly wrong. Yeah, 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 indeed, yeah. Don't. Mainly that'd be my job, getting it badly wrong. But yeah, if somebody else does it, it'll take the heat off me, won't it? It will, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, don't be a twat though. We can see when it's edited. No need to uh, be Billy Big Bollocks. It's only a little bit of fun, but we'd love to see your views and um, opinions. And uh, yeah, as I say, if you get it right, we will be more than happy to shout you out in the review podcast. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, 2,700, I think, of us are going down to Craven Cottage on Saturday. Mate, lots of noise. I'm sure you will do. You're not going to be up against too much in terms of a wall of noise from the home fans, that's for sure. <laughs> All they're famous for is leaving early and eating Victoria's sponge in the home end. Um, that doesn't equate to an awful lot of noise. So, yeah, have a great time. If you're on one of the boats down there, yeah, enjoy it. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be warm down there, so... Um, yeah, sure, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere. Thanks, as always, to the Hightown Club for hosting us for this podcast. We really appreciate their support. Thanks also to Sean uh, Grant and the Wolfgang for doing our brilliant uh, intro to this podcast. And to Ed Smith Creative, who's done all of our imagery work for the podcast this season. Thanks to you for watching or listening. Like, subscribe and rate and do everything that you can to uh, enhance our podcast the more listeners, the more watchers we get, the better we can make our podcasts for you. Do keep your eyes peeled because we've got a massively special podcast dropping over the weekend with a very, 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 very special guest. Yeah, uh, we, we had a great chat. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll save it. We'll, we'll, shall we save it? Yeah, we'll save it. <laughs> we'll save it. But I guarantee you it's a very, very exclusive special guest and you will not want to miss that. So uh, do subscribe to our YouTube channel to find out exactly when that drops over the weekend. James, thanks for your thoughts, mate. Hopefully you're right because Luton will win. Even if I'm wrong, I'm more than happy to be wrong as long as Luton win. Tony, get well soon, mate. We hope to see you on the podcast soon. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. And until next time, come on, you hatters. Got this massive soul. We're looking people.